eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good evening. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner back here in Illinois. Derek Piper at Bryce Jordan Center where Jalen Pickett just had one of the most epic performances I've seen uh, by an Illini opponent. 41 points, a 40-burger. The last Illini opponent to do that was Carson Edwards back in 2018. That's pretty dang good company. Likely two all-first-team, all-Big Ten first-team guards there. Illinois loses 93-81 at Penn State, and Penn State is just a different team at Penn State, Derek. They've beaten some really good teams in their home arena this year. Uh, Illinois, the latest, they're 5-3 and three during Big Ten play. Uh, at home, they've beaten Indiana there. They've beaten Michigan there. I believe they've beaten Rutgers there. Um, so they're pretty good there, and they're really good against Illinois. They've now hit 24 of 52 threes against Illinois this year, uh, and this one kind of got out of hand defensively early for what is supposed to be a really good Illinois defensive team. They just went from 17 in the Ken Palm to 25 uh, in Ken Palm defensive efficiency, Derek. So what the heck happened there? Man, uh, Penn State can be a load offensively. Like, they're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. And then you have Jalen Pickett, who's been a surefire first-team All-Big Ten guy for months at this point. And uh, tonight was just unbelievable. Like you said, I, I can't remember. I do recall the Carson Edwards performance against Illinois. That might have been against the freshman Trent Frazier at the time. And uh, Edwards was, was spectacular there in Champaign. But uh, Keon Johnson, when we were going through some of the – you know, I was looking up 35 plus after you'd already looked up 40, and uh, I stole your stat. My bad. Uh, it's a good stat. But man. we remember the Keon Johnson Winthrop performance, Corey Sanders from Rutgers. Um, Illinois couldn't do anything with them, and I, I was—I I don't want to say I was shocked as far as Penn State putting up a, a good amount of points. It's a desperation spot for them. They've played really well at home, I and mean, even coming into this, even though they had lost all four games in February. They had won four out of their last five Big Ten games in this building, made a bunch of threes in those wins. And we know that Pickett is is a really unique matchup at the point guard. But to that point, I thought without Illinois switch everything 
and having okay, let's start. I thought it'd be Shannon. It was actually Coleman Hawkins, but we see we saw Coleman against Mulcahy in that second half, be able to shut him down. To have those matchups work out better for you, it, it seemed like Illinois could slow him down a little bit more. I didn't think you'd completely shut him down, but contain him because you know he's he's gone up against some bigger defenders around the league. I even know when Michigan was playing him, they had Dickinson on him. Like it's just. <laughs> It's so weird for people to try to guard him because he loves the post game, but then to be able to have him shoot the three this year. Like he was a, a sub-30% three-point shooter last year. Now he shot about 39% from three in Big Ten play. Not a, not a super high volume, but uh, Illinois made some mistakes giving him some open looks early. Uh, he was able to kind of hurt them in the drop coverage a little bit too where, where he gets that mid-range and, and attack that. I know he talked about that after the game is that they were guarding him similar to, to last year when Kofi was playing – uh, you know, there at Illinois, and, and he, he had a pretty good game of Champagne last year too. But to see kind of the the deja vu of, of the December game, and even to a, a further extent, like the points per possession, obviously the 93 points is a gaudy number. Penn State lit up Illinois and Champagne. They they just torched him here to a, yeah. another level. So, Derek, I'm sitting here thinking, like, why can't they guard this guy? Why, why can't they guard this team? And I did find it very interesting that Hawkins – was on him to start the game, and and we know Coleman's a really good defender. He had no answer for him. Um, you know, went under a couple of screens, and Pickett took advantage of that. Then they put Rogers on him, and there was a lot of busts there when they did switch. Uh, I don't think they came out wanting to switch, Derek, but then they threw it at him, and there were so many busts, whether it was with Sincere Harris or Terrence Shannon, whoever it was, and then Terrence Shannon just followed them a lot. Um, they said they had no answer, and, and when Pickett. Did get doubled. He he passed out to a teammate, and and they made ten of eighteen threes in the first half. Like when Funk made his first one, Lundy made his first one, and then Clary got going, and Pickett made some three. I was like, this is going to be a bad night because you let that team hit some shots early, as we saw in December. Uh, they're really tough to defend, and and after that, it just felt like Illinois was on their heels, and they kind of lost their edge after that. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, I mean Lundy, uh, Funk. And Pickett, it all got going within like the first five minutes of the game, and I I don't want to say that this building got roaring because there was barely anybody here. It felt like to see it, but uh, yeah, uh, that was a game where again they really needed it, and, and then start to feel good about themselves on their home floor and uh, to give you know Funk a couple in transition as far as open looks. He doesn't need a whole lot of space. Uh, I I thought that their yeah their their other guard uh, Clary. Clary. I didn't know game. who he was. To be honest, I, but he made some huge buckets. Like Illinois would make a run, which is like 6 0 or something. And you're like, oh, they're back in this game. And Clary would get a bucket on Sincere Harris. And you're like, yeah. Where did this kid come from? I know. He had a good game against Maryland. I, I know that looking at the stats. And then for him to be able to kind of drive you, that, that was some of the concerning parts of even when you, you're trying to look for a little bit of a lull in Penn State's scoring barrage and thought that you know because Illinois especially in the second half early was scoring pretty well themselves and maybe if Penn State goes three and a half four minutes without scoring all of a sudden Illinois might be you know within a possession or two but it was kind of the offensive rebounds putbacks that were able to extend kind of this this stretch of scoring for them when they were already shooting it really well or just getting a downhill drive like you mentioned some of the switching mishaps when, when Pickett has 30 and you bust a switch and you get to layup like that's yeah. that just can't happen. I mean, they had one where he was rolling there late first half, and and it was uh, I think it was Terrence and Epps busted a switch and gave Pickett who had already had three, maybe even four threes, just bury another one. And 
I, yeah, I agree with you. I asked Brad about the switching. He said that Penn State, with the way that they run their offense because of how much screening they do, how much rub action they do, they kind of – they will force you into that if you don't guard them well, you know, sticking man on man because you'll give up some angles on screens, you'll give up some driving lanes. I don't think they wanted to do that, but then all of a sudden there were some of the flashbacks because Pickett would mm-hmm. get a matchup on Nets. Pickett would get a matchup on Sincere Harris. And, and they just couldn't couldn't push the right button because all of it was, was going wrong for you. Yeah, and when when Dane got on him, boy – it was it was hard to play Dane tonight. He had he had a nice start to the second. That's just a tough matchup for him. The way they play offense, and when you're playing catch up, you can't trade threes for twos. And you know Dane can score some of those twos, but you're giving up threes. The stat that was ridiculous to me, Derek, they didn't miss more than two shots in a row until the 12 minute mark of the second half. When they missed four in a row and Illinois got it to seven, you're like, oh, here's the run. Here's the defensive stops. Uh, and that was fool's goal because you gave a bunch of free throws. You gave up a couple layups. You said the put back. Um, you just could never get enough stops to do it. Yeah, I mean, Derek, I, I see people saying, like, you got to try something different defensively. I thought they did in this game just with personnel, with different schemes. Uh, but I do feel like Penn State and, and Shrewsbury deserves a lot of credit for this. Jalen Pickett, who's – just a really smart basketball player, an effective one. I thought those guys did a great job of putting Illinois into situations they didn't want to be in. Yeah, they did, like you mentioned, try to double him a little bit in the post. They did go to switching later there in the second half. So they they did try some different things. Uh, I know that some had mentioned on Twitter, and I see in the comments as well, maybe trying to blitz him when he's in his ball screens, especially once you got Dane out of the game because Dane, without being able to be – much of an offensive factor wasn't that great on the glass was kind of and then was kind of a defensive liability and Penn State can really kind of exploit him when they put five shooters on the on the floor and I mean we we saw it with Kofi too when you have that that landlocked guy there in the lane and putting dread or hen at the three uh at the three-point line can can kind of make him a a tough a tough guy to be out there so with Hawkins at the five maybe I'm kind of surprised big picture I thought as we looked at it going into the year Hawkins playing the five I thought Illinois would kind of trap some ball screens sometimes sometimes get up and be really aggressive and force the ball out of the point guard's hands or go for those type of things but that's kind of the thing with Penn State that you can kind of counter with is say well if Pickett passes out of a double you're giving up probably a three and this team just shoots the three so well so that, that's kind of the the give and take with it. I, I don't think this was a game. I thought the the first matchup in Champaign was one of those. There's a, a a specific game plan to switch, and then when it didn't go well, it only couldn't counter. They just kept switching, pick it into good matchups. And I I didn't think that Brad pulled the a different button out for that game. And this one, he did try some different stuff. It just didn't seem to work. And and the players do got to own some of that too. Got to be able to stop him yeah. in, in some form or fashion. I know that. Brad was talking about the lack of defensive intensity tonight. And uh, then also you, you tip your cap to a guy that's really talented and, and having a hell of a year. Yeah. Um, Illinois' last three losses, you've had three pretty epic individual performances when you think about it. Trace Jackson Davis, now you could say Illinois needed to do something different, and I would agree. Uh, get the ball out of Trace Jackson Davis' hands. But he had an epic performance. Um, Tony Perkins stopped fouling. But Tony Perkins still hit a bunch of uh, great shots. And then Jalen Pickett tonight. So I don't know what that says about Illinois, a pretty good defensive team. But the last three losses they've had in Big Ten play here, Derek, the, the only three over the, what, the last two months of calendar time here, um, or a month and a half, has been two pretty 
epic perform or three pretty epic performances here. I, I don't know if there's a trend or a, a correlation between all of that. Yeah, I, I don't really know <laughs> what to make of that other than you can't guard Trace one-on-one this weekend. Yes. I know that you do not try to that. Again, I mean, Tony Perkins doing what he did. Like you said, a lot of it was at the free throw line. Anytime a guy shoots 16 free throws, probably going to put up some gaudy numbers. But, yeah, it, it's, of course, a little puzzling, head-scratching. Why does someone that doesn't put up all that big of numbers offensively have his career night and, and Jalen has his career night, Trace career night? For a team that, yeah, going into tonight was 15th in the country defensive efficiency. So uh, I know sometimes they're – and people kind of roll their eyes and Brad says, well, I didn't have a problem with insert name here scoring a, a boatload of points. It was the other guys. He didn't say that of, with Jalen tonight, did he? No, His he 41 didn't. we don't worry about. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad he didn't do the – yeah, the 41 didn't bother me. Um, mm. Yeah, sometimes their defense is designed to play kind of a – a little bit of on an island. You got to you got to yeah. play one-on-one defense. They don't want to help off of the perimeter because that's kind of what leads to their ability to I know tonight's the outlier, but limit some teams from 3 and, and don't give those three-point looks because you don't you don't help too much and everything, but yeah, there's no doubt that you kind of gotten worked a little bit by some guys and uh you got to make sure it doesn't happen on Saturday cuz Trace is up there with Edie as far as dominance in the in the Big Ten. Here's the thing. Illinois get a top five seed in the Big Ten tournament because you don't want to see Penn State as the 10 or the 11 if you're the f- six or seven. Uh, you don't want to see this team. I hope they make the tournament. I-, I hope they do. I think they're a fun team. I've enjoyed them all year long. And he's I a think- heck of a player who can go off. I mean, this is a team that go to the Sweet 16 because of the way they shoot it. And Shrewsbury, I think, is just a great, phenomenal X's and O's coach. I agree. Fully agree with all that. Uh, I think that I would be very tempted to probably take them around too far. I mean, I wouldn't go beyond Sweet 16, but right. uh, they they have kind of the formula, even almost like a mid-major team, where they're they got the, the three-point bombers. They'll play a little bit unconventional with the the five-out offense and, and having old. like a small ball five. They're old team. really old, yeah. I, I like them. I, I hope they I hope they get on a run and, and and get in there. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Derek, should we address a few positives? Um, I mean, the offense was good tonight. (laughs) Uh, When you score 1.2 points per possession in a game, you expect to win it, especially with the way Illinois plays. But I I did think Terrence Shannon scoring 20 was a good thing. I thought he had a really strong second half, really was aggressive to the rim for most of the night. He and Hawkins had a couple pull-up threes that that you didn't want in certain situations. But I do think that was a small positive for Illinois. Uh, Goody made a three, which was good to see. R.J. Melendez made a three, uh, even though he barely played tonight. 
But Ty Rogers, man, the, the breakout continues. Ten of his eleven in the first half. Uh, he's getting really confident uh, with his ability to take the ball off the dribble uh, and finish at the rim. And you can see he's got some skill to him at f- finishing around the rim. He's got that strength. Uh, and, and then leading the team in rebounds with eight, had three assists. Ty Rogers has been their best bench player for a while here. Definitely. It's really good to see Ty's confidence offensively because he is someone that with his handle, with his strength, with his athleticism, to be able to, to make those athletic finishes around the basket, it's something that he can provide. And uh, I asked him about it afterwards. We got to talk to Terrence and, and Ty and kind of said, what's different early in the season versus now with you offensively? And he said it's just kind of things slowing down for him. It kind of the, the traditional freshman lines as they get settled in. And uh, he, he knows that that's something he's capable of. So he's attacking with aggressiveness. And that's been good to see. I do agree, Shannon, you just want to continue to try to have him get some confidence and go downhill more often. He was able to do that. It's not. This isn't a very good Penn right. State defensive team, and they don't have rim protection. So it kind of set up for him to have a, a nice night, which in the stat line he, he did. Uh, and Luke Goody to make one of those corner triples. We know that those shots have come pretty regularly for the squad, is, is being able to get some, some kickouts, whether it's you're playing through Dane, which – Dane didn't play all that well, and, and I, I thought that the matchup would have worked a lot better for him tonight. But yeah. uh, when, when guys get downhill, too, you can kind of kick it to that corner, and for him to have one go down was good. And I know that he'll be looking forward to putting some more up in his home state uh, against Indiana on Saturday. Uh, one for 20, Jaden Epps, over his last four games from three. Any concern there, Derek? Yeah, some, because he, he's someone that wants to obviously live in the lane, and I, I think that. You, you can't really make guys go over ball screens with him. They're going to go under his screens. They're going to make him shoot threes. Uh, when you just continue to stack it up where Illinois has another night, as collectively they shoot 25% from three. I know Jaden going over seven definitely contributes to that. Yeah, him and Shannon combined one for 12. That can't yeah. happen. No, and, I mean, Meyer is still, to my knowledge, the only guy shooting over 30% in Big Ten play from deep. And Epps has really slipped here, so – uh, just I wouldn't call Illinois whether they're going to go Hawkins, Shannon, Epps. They're not non-shooters by any means because we've all seen them be able to make them, but they're way too inconsistent. I, I still think that that can be the downfall of Illinois yeah. when you look at them in March is because you know they can be a little predictable as far as wanting to get in the lane. And if Meyer has an off night or if teams really dial in on him and other guys don't make threes, it's a, it's a downfall for this team right now. Myers' uh, stat line's a little deceiving here. You and I were talking about player grades. He ends up with 11 points, seven rebounds, only six shots in this game, uh, three assists as well. He got caught with his hands on his knees a couple times defensively here, and especially the, the Seth Lundy three out of a, a baseline out of bounds I thought was a really bad moment for him. Gambled uh, in transition for a steal. That allowed a, a wide-open three. Is, you know, Penn State, they, they throw that ball around. You give somebody an open three, whoever it is, seems like they're going to make it. Uh, so I didn't think it was a very strong performance by him. Um, I thought Coleman had a solid game. Uh, he's starting to get a little bit of that hook shot going. Uh, took some nice in-rhythm threes, took a, a forced one or two. Wasn't as good on the glass, though. I, I thought this team got – even though they won the rebound battle, Derek, despite Penn State not making many shots, I just didn't feel like there was an edge or physicality to them tonight on the glass either because they needed to own that, and they really didn't. Right, for sure. And, and when you have a team shooting like near 60% from the field the entire game and, and then they're able to 
you know, scoop in some second chance points and, and just extend what's already a, a tough night for your defense. That's, that's not, that's not good. I do think that Coleman, he was able to hit a, a three early. I still like the catch and shoot ones, like right at the line. Versus, you had to keep the logo uh, three streak going. The step as far back, as the, the step back man was the oh. step back was brutal. Um, yeah, the the right hook in the lane. I, I like it. I know that we don't really think of Coleman as having much of a post up game. There was one time where he tried to post up and maybe got out out physical and, and didn't put up a good shot attempt. But having him a little bit more aggressive, ten to fifteen feet and in is is good as far as that goes. And, uh, yeah, Meyer took some questionable shots. Um, he, he does try to get – he, he kind of kicks out his legs sometimes as the, the Reggie Miller and, and got one of those. Uh, but even in the second half, once Illinois was switching, they were trying to get Shannon switched off of Pickett and get Meyer on him because then Pickett kind of took Meyer into the into the post a little bit. So not a great defensive night for, for him and obviously – his, his shooting stat line looks fine, but uh, he, he didn't play all that well. All right, Derek. You get one of two on the road this week, I think you feel fine. You would have thought it was Penn State, probably not Indiana, the hottest team in the Big Ten. Uh, Indiana's got a game tomorrow night, but it's a big one now. Um, I, you know, here's, here's the weird thing. I don't know if Illinois really got much chance to move up NCAA tournament seating like I don't know if they can get past a five maybe like if they go on an insane run but I just don't know if that's going to happen with the schedule that they have left Uh, you want to get a top four Big Ten finish obviously you can still do that but tonight's a a rough one for that but if you can bounce back against Indiana that's big but you're playing at Indiana against a team that looks like if there's any threat to Purdue in this Big Ten race I think it's Indiana yeah, and you're going to their home building. They've been awesome. I mean, we Penn State's been pretty good here, but I mean, another another level of test when you know you're going to have a, a sold out Assembly Hall and, and just the way that they've been on a roll here. And I mean, Indiana is in that conversation of best bet for. I know I know I wrote it on Enquirer, best bet for a Final Four. And you know, a week and a half ago, I, I still went with Penn, with Purdue, even though I've, I've had some questions with. Uh, all year long, I mean, look, they're they're a really good team. Edie's dominant. The freshman guards away from Mackey, though, is starting yeah. to become an issue for them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and Indiana, with, with still getting Xavier Johnson back at some point. Race Thompson was out again. He hasn't been playing all that well, but Trace has been that good to be able to have Galloway and Cop be uh, enough for them, and then Hutchifino. So uh, we saw what Indiana. Did. I mean, Indiana punked Illinois in Champaign. Not only with, I mean, they were they were the more physical energetic team and then trace just owned you i don't think that he's he's obviously a bad matchup when you look at uh, one-on-one matchups with dane or, or coleman so they got to be able to have a different game plan and uh, if you double him you gotta you gotta hope they don't make threes because they're a team that has contrary to kind of what a lot of people thought going in because you know in recent years they hadn't shot the three that well they've been one of the better more effective three-point shooting teams in the conference so i think we lost eric Yes, Indiana, Illinois. Um, this is going to be a, a big one for Illinois to try and bounce back, but that's that's a tough one. It's a really, really tough one uh, to bounce back from, given what Indiana just did to you. This is kind of built as the revenge tour for Illinois this week, uh, as these are two teams that kind of punked them at home earlier in the season. I think it's a tough game. It's a it's a really tough game. But here's the thing: I'm not going to take over. I'm not going to like make huge presumptions or huge takeaways from some of these road games in the Big Ten against teams that 
Now, Penn State, I think, is better than their record. Uh, they're just not a very good road team, except for Illinois. Um, and I think it's a bad matchup for Illinois with an older team that can shoot that many threes and stretch you out. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Illinois bounces back against Penn State. We'll try to get Derek back on here at some point. But I do want to bring up Zachary Perrine leaving Illinois after just two months. I did see Derek tweet out that Brad Underwood said this was very surprising, uh, that this turned pretty quickly. And it sounds like, and hopefully I'll get Derek back on here, that Zach Perrine got a pretty good professional offer because uh, let me get Derek's tweet. Um, he left pretty quickly. And this is last week, Brad Underwood was talking about how Zach was really taking a step forward. They liked what they were seeing from practice and that they were hoping he could be at, at some point, maybe not this season, but next season, uh, a pretty impact player for them. Uh, here's what Brad said. It's what you deal with when some international kids and having the opportunity to go make it a career Wish him nothing but the best. I mean, that seems to really say that he's got professional opportunities, which he did um, when he signed with Illinois as well. But Zachary Perrine, don't know what he was going to be. I, I never thought he was going to make a big impact this year. I don't think he changes their season or their tra trajectory. But he does open up a scholarship for next year. Uh, Illinois certainly was high on Zachary Perrine and what his skill set could be. But the fact that now he's moving on. It opens up a scholarship where Illinois is certainly going to add a transfer to the front court because Coleman Hawkins is likely going to go pro, barring not being a top 45 pick, barring him saying, no, I wouldn't want to be on a two-way contract. I'm not going to take that kind of risk. Um, seems like Coleman Hawkins wants to go pro and that the NBA will sign him to a deal that will pay him at least hundreds of thousands of dollars next year. So with Matthew Meyer gone, Coleman Hawkins gone, you need help in that front court with Dane Danger and Ty Rogers. You need somebody who can be an offensive threat. You know, maybe Imani Hansberry can be that early, but he's you'd like to add somebody who's a veteran who can make shots, who can do some of the things that Coleman Hawkins does, be a versatile guy like Matthew Meyer and Coleman Hawkins are. Uh, so that's where I think they will go. They also need some transfer wings, potentially uh, a transfer guard as well. So you'd expect Coleman Hawkins and Terrence Shannon to go pro after the year, this year. That would open up two more scholarships. So that's my big takeaway from this, is you'll likely have three or four transfers uh, coming in next year. And Derek Piper is back with us. Derek, I was just talking about... Zachary Perrine leaving the Illini after two months. Uh, what did you hear about this, and what do you make of this? First of all, let me tell you how much Penn State doesn't care about basketball. They don't put me um, the outlets. There's no power on press row. So uh, my computer just died. I had to move over here to the scores table. Uh, that has been an, an ongoing issue. I made it just long enough for the press conference, but uh, sorry about that. No, appreciate uh, you. Yeah. Um, Perrin leaving mid-year, it's very disappointing because it's a guy they're really excited about. I mean, just as early as – as recently as, as late last week, Brad was talking about how much progress he had made to get some extended minutes and, and try to get him – get his feet wet a little bit and, and just have him as another piece. And, and just to see someone that's, that's pretty talented try to – show what they can do at the Big Ten level. So I know there was kind of always the wonder of can you get him enough opportunity in year one to, to keep him happy? I, I think, or, or at least they thought there was understanding going into the year that this was going to be a, especially after the delay of getting him on campus and uh, getting him in mid-year, it was, it was more about development the rest of the semester and, and being able to get him with Fletch and work on his game, having practice against Dane and Coleman and, 
and everything. But uh, this was someone that, that had professional opportunities coming into the, the situation in the summer when he was kind of deciding about college and, and getting recruited. And uh, it sounds like, and Brad, you know, Scott Ritchie asked him, how, how sudden was this? And I asked Terrence too, like, sounded like this de developed pretty quickly and, and all of a sudden he's out of here. And uh, Brad even mentioned that's, that's kind of the reality when you're dealing with international guys that have a chance to go make this career. So to me, it sounds like he got a, an offer that he liked and just kind of said, I'm out. So, yeah. uh, he, I mean, he had the ability to make six figures uh, over in France prior to deciding to commit to Illinois. So that was kind of something that Illinois was trying to, to compete against recruiting wise, just, you know, try to get him, convince him to come to college, the benefit of what that could look like versus uh, him staying there professionally. So uh, it, it was a, a, a journey that obviously got disrupted a little bit, had to go to sunrise. And um, he's someone that, you know, has gotten attention from even, you know, like Jonathan Gavoni and, and some, some people at the, at the next level know who this guy is because he's played so well on the FIBA circuit with the French junior national team. So, uh, it kind of opens things up as far as I, I think that you look at the portal, uh, maybe a little bit more so at, at the stretch four position, but it, it doesn't kill you. It doesn't really hurt you this year. It doesn't kill you big picture, but it is a, a piece that Illinois was pretty excited about. And uh, Jeff Alexander definitely put a ton into this one. I was, I was going to say, like, that's the, like, he put so much effort into this one and to, and to get, two minutes of work uh, out of Zachary Perrine on the floor certainly is, is really disappointing uh, for, for Jeff. So I uh, wish the best to Zach and, and man, he makes some money overseas, but it's just like, we well, had that opportunity uh, before you came here and, and started this entire process. But, you know, being away from home can't be easy when, when you're 17, 18 years old uh, and then have that opportunity and you're not playing, which I don't blame Illinois for not playing Zachary Perrine when they're in the middle of a Big Ten race uh, for a kid who's probably not going to make a big impact uh, at the at least early. Um, it just stinks for Illinois to put some effort into that one. But uh, as I was saying before you came out here, Derek, uh, they could add up to four transfers now because if Coleman Hawkins and Terrence Shannon are gone, as we would expect, um, you know, probably other attrition, there's usually attrition. Um, there could be a lot, a lot of transfers coming in here to go along with Ty Rogers, Dane Danger, Jaden Epps, Sincere Harris, uh, Luke Goody, um, you know, whatever your core is going to be. For sure. I think that with the assumption that Coleman's going to go, you know, turn pro and have a chance at the NBA, you know, based on the, the projections and everything, that the stretch four position is going to be a, a pretty big deal. We know that Dane being there at the five, but someone that could play the four and maybe, you know, even the five when, when Dane's off the floor, kind of as someone that has that height, but the ability to, to play on the perimeter, have some skill, uh, do some of the things that, that Coleman Hawkins does. That's something that they're intrigued with. Uh, a ball handling guard that's a veteran. I think that's something that they – well, you have obviously Epps, and you're going to want to find someone that fits with him. Uh, you have Gibbs Lawhorn coming in. You have Sincere. Uh, I think that someone with a, with experience that could maybe even play kind of a combo role, um, that, that's something as well. And then some reloading on the wings is always something that, that was – thought about when you, you knew that Shannon most likely won your rental and, and obviously Matt's out of eligibility. So, uh, yeah, back to the portal. And I know that they've, they've had a lot of appeal there. I think if Shannon and oh, – Shannon's got to play a little bit better down the stretch to be able to solidify his draft position. But if Coleman gets picked, I mean, that's to take a three-star and, and be able to, to put him in that mix. I think that's that says a lot about – uh, Illinois and they can sell that but obviously NIL they're winning and everything but uh, gear up for yet another 
intriguing offseason. It should be fun. April. April is going to be intense yet again. Before I let you go, our boy Carp just tweeted this out. Um, and, and Carp's never one to, to mince words, right? He just said, I, th- I think this is an aberration about un- this year, where, which are 8-6, 17-8 and six, and eight overall, right outside the AP Top 25. His record in the conference speaks for itself. I hope and think this is just a blah year. And I also hope and think he'll learn a few things in regards to roster construction. I don't mean to call out Cart, but if this is your bleh year, uh, things are going pretty well. For like this, I mean, before the portal, this would have been a huge rebuilding year. Uh, Illinois probably wouldn't have been a tournament team, right? If they would have had to rely on all these freshmen and RJ Melendez oh, yeah. and Coleman Hawkins. Um, and I think roster construction, like. Brad Underwood looks pretty good right now because Terrence Shannon and Matthew Meyer played really well, probably all Big Ten caliber players. Coleman Hawkins is a really good recruiting find, even if you get frustrated with him. Jade Neps and Ty Rogers look great. Sincere Harris looks like a good find. Um, so I, I just want to bring that up. Like, yeah, this season they're not dominant. They're not a great team, but they're a good team. They're an NCAA tournament team. They could lose first round in the NCAA tournament. They could go to a Sweet 16. I don't know. It's, it's going to depend on which team shows up, if they make shots that day, which is becoming a concern. But I do think they play defense pretty consistently well. So I, I, ju- I just think it's a good team in a, in a Big Ten that's deep. Uh, you can lose any night on the road. But, yeah, I don't think there's a team I'm definitely going to be marking in for my Sweet 16 once those NCAA tournament brackets come out. Yeah, I mean, like you said, if this is an off year, I mean, look where – I know that some people might be like, all right, let's let's get beyond the, the John Gross years, the end of Bruce Weber. To, to make the tournament isn't a, a huge accomplishment and shouldn't be that hard. But right now you look at them, projected six seed, and, and you're not sweating whether they're going to get in or not. Illinois is too good of a program to have to worry about that, and, and at least Brad's gotten to the program back to a position where they're not doing that. I, I do get the frustration of it because yeah. on paper this team is, is probably – I mean, they're, they're more talented than, than probably what they've – shown big picture or the grand scope of the season and if they lose at indiana they'll, they'll be eight and seven in a, in a big 10 that isn't great i mean it's it's a very deep league it's a team that it's a, a league that's got a lot of a hand a number of good teams got some very good ones i think that i you know, consider purdue indiana those uh illinois can be that but the fact of that they haven't won a lot of marquee games like all of a sudden some of it's not illinois fault like sweeping Wisconsin and it not meaning all that much or right. beating a Tom Izzo team at home or, you know, you, what you did at Ohio State. All, all of a sudden, what what usually would be kind of resume building wins and, and ones you, you, you hang your hat on don't mean as much. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, you got swept by Penn State. You lost in, in convincing fashion Indiana. You lost at Iowa. You only have one quad one in, in Big Ten play. I and I don't know how much longer that Rutgers one's going to hold up because they just lost to Nebraska at home. Did they really? <laughs> Tominaga, man. It's wow. phenomenal. 22 points tonight. Well, they're, they're definitely not going to be paying Fred Hoiberg's $10 million buyout, apparently. <laughs> who thought? Who would have thought it? Uh, Collins and and uh, Hoiberg both saving their jobs this year. And then maybe is Greg Garrett on the hottest seat in the Big Ten? Or or Holtman, Holtman probably. Yeah, those two could. Are those two going to lose their job with one bad season, and those other guys keep their job? I don't think so. I I think I mean, you got to have two thing. bad years, but I, I feel like Holtman should bolt. <laughs> yeah, I think it's getting uglier and uglier. He's got a, a great recruiting class coming in next year. I mean, he's always got a lot of talent. I know. I get the frustration. Illinois fans can relate to not getting to a, a Sweet Sixteen, but to have the bottom fall out like it did this year. I, yeah. 
Wisconsin won't do it. I'd, I'd be shocked if they did. Although people maybe said that about Paul Chris. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I, th- I think the pressure of this team is the last two years of, of not making the Sweet 60. That's why this team, like, I think a lot of people would enjoy it and have a little less. I don't think a lot of the fan base is freaking out, so I don't want to overreact to a couple people. But the reason there's more pressure on this team is because the last two great teams, a Big Ten, cha- Big Ten championship teams, did not make it to the second weekend of this. You know, so I think a lot of people just enjoy. Hey, we made the NCAA tournament. Let's see if we can make a run. Uh, there's more pressure on it because it's like, well, we haven't been there in 17, 18 years. There's no doubt about that. There, there's absolutely no doubt. I think also, though, I mean. When Brad comes out preseason and says, this is my most talented team that I've had, when we, we have three guys that have NBA conversations, like when Coleman's on the, the mock draft, when Terrence is on the mock draft, yeah. uh, Matthew Meyer's been in NBA draft combine. When, when you have that that level of, of talent, when you factor in the best recruiting class Illinois had in a decade, yeah, it's it's been something we've talked about leading into the season and we're not doing kind of the obituary here of what went no, wrong or anything no, no. the season's not over but uh I, I think that there was also the risk of the, just kind of the inconsistency and i mean we saw it last year with michigan we saw it even with texas maybe even more of a comparable example of you know what beard did the portal last year and, and yeah texas had a, a a pretty good year but not the year that you know people really would have expected so i think the the highs of this season maybe haven't been there that maybe we would have thought of by mid-February and I think that maybe the the ceiling that we talked about going in after Vegas and after Texas yeah maybe we we just haven't seen that enough here recently to to buy it as much as maybe the the worry of the downside yeah I'm trying to think of teams that have gone heavy portal that are killing it on the court right now right like that's that's where am I like Listen, I had them two in the Big Ten because I thought the Big Ten sucked. Like, I had Indiana one because I was like, who else am I going to pick? I didn't see uh, Edie being this dominant or those freshman guards being that good. I just thought it was going to be a bunch of above-average teams. That's kind of what it's turned into. And I thought Illinois would have enough talent to do that. I thought Sky Clark would be obviously an impact player, and he hasn't been. Um, but Shannon and Meyer have been about what I expected. Maybe Hawkins hasn't been as consistent. Hawkins hasn't been as consistent as you want. RJ Melendez yeah. has not been the player you thought he would be. But I, I, it's it's almost where I thought they would be. But if, if they're underachieving, Derek, it's not by like five wins, in my opinion. It's like two. Right. Yeah, I think Shannon here over the last month probably, in comparison to what we saw early in the year, and kind of I, I thought that as far as his three-point shooting, which – was really improved at Texas Tech last year. That's It's obviously been a lot more inconsistent. Uh, he's just had stretches where he's kind of no-showed or just been a little too quiet, and that's that's pretty concerning kind of as you look down the line of, of what this team, you know, they get they get in a bind there in March. But, yeah, I mean, they still won 8 of 11. So, uh, yeah. like kind <laughs> That's of, the context of it all, right? <laughs> to bring that back to it is like, yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not in a bad spot. They still have uh, a good – you're right. They, they don't have a marquee win here recently. They don't. Right. Like Wisconsin on the road is is not a marquee win anymore. Uh Rutgers at home is is not their only quad one since yeah. Texas. It's not a marquee win. So yeah, I, I get that. That's where Indiana is a big opportunity. Uh and Purdue on the road. Those are really the only other opportunities because like 
Ohio State on the road is a quad one victory still at some point. Um, Northwestern at home has the chance to be. Michigan at home, I don't know if it will be. Probably not by that point. Um, but, yeah, there's not many more opportunities. That's what I mean. Like, I, there's not much room for them to go up in this, in this NCAA tournament seating. Uh, I love this comment. There's some disagreement. I'll let you go, Derek, here in a second. Uh, but Joe said – uh, or Glenn said, please talk my wife off the Illinois ledge. And then Joe followed up with being on the ledge is part of the Illini experience. <laughs> Just fitting. It's a great call. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great call. call. Derek Piper, thank you, buddy. Uh, safe travels home uh, from Happy Valley, man. Appreciate it, All right. as always. All right, everybody, thank you for listening to the Illini Choir podcast. We appreciate you guys. Uh, Give us a follow wherever you get your podcast. Give us a rating and review. And if you're watching us on our YouTube channel, give us a like. Uh, Hit the subscribe button. That really helps us out. We appreciate all your support. We'll have all the interaction after these games. We'll be back on Saturday, of course, after the Indiana game. Joey Wagner and Derek Piper will be in Bloomington for that one in what is one of the best Big Ten atmospheres. For a long time, I thought it was the best. And then Mackey Arena uh, the last couple years has just been insane. I I think State Farm Center is probably in my top three or four for that as well. Uh, So another huge opportunity for Illinois. One of very few quad one opportunities uh, left for Illinois the rest of the season. And a big one as they try and get that double bye in the Big Ten tournament. All right, everybody have a great night. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. CBS Sunday, after the Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday, after the Equalizer, on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.